Hey, Fit Friends, quick shout out to today's sponsor, Milton's. At my house, we are hooked on their cauliflower crust pizzas. They are deliciously thin and crispy, made from premium ingredients and ready straight out of the oven in just 15 minutes, making them so convenient for a quick and easy meal that everyone will enjoy. And I have some exciting news for all of you. They're inviting our listeners to sign up to receive free Milton's pizza. Check the show notes for more details on how you can receive Milton's pizza to share with your friends and family at no cost to you. All right, team, on to the show. Hey, friends, welcome back to this week's episode of Fit Friends Happy Hour. I'm your non-diet dietitian, trainer, and host, Katie, and this is episode 272. Today, we are talking all about food additives. We're going to learn what they are and should you even care? Should you be worried? Is this something that you should pay a lot of attention to? Welcome to Fit Friends Happy Hour, a podcast about all things nutrition, fitness, and life in your 20s and 30s, all from a non-diet lens. I'm your host, Katie Hake, and I'm a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and certified personal trainer. Join me here every week as I talk with interesting people and experts from all walks of life about their relationship with food and their bodies. I'll also share my experience working with clients in my private practice to help women find food freedom and body confidence. I'm on a mission to help you stop quantifying and start living. Learn to stop measuring your success by the scale and find your fears. As you know by now, if you're a regular listener of the pod, I travel internationally for work. And I recently was in Germany, which was super cool, super awesome. Love my job, love what I do. And sometimes it's very rare, but I will get, you know, a few hours or an afternoon, particularly on the weekend, where I can just relax, maybe go explore a little bit. And what does a dietitian do in their free time? Well, of course, I visited the German Food Additives Museum because it sounded interesting. And if you travel, not even internationally, but even domestically, there's a website that my sister Kelly introduced me to. It's called Atlas Obscura. Com. And it just pulls up the strangest, most interesting things that you would never just find Googling of what to do in different cities. So that's where I found it. My sister told, told me about it and I thought that sounds interesting. I can walk there. I'm going for it. So basically it was this little museum inside. It was inside, I think, like a food distribution plant center, and it was attached to the university. So basically, it was this tiny little thing. It, it explained what food additives are, why they're often you know, not even declared, and how they can be avoided. It really reminded me of if you ever were in grade school and you went to junior achievement, like that's what it reminded me of. Like there were little fabric, handmade food items, like... It was super cute. And then there was also a nice, you know, student worker who was educating us. I was using my Google translator to to go through things. So it was really a neat experience. And I thought today would be a great opportunity to just learn a little bit more about food additives, you know, what they are, why we have them, and hopefully just help you to feel a little bit more empowered about what you put into your body. 
The world's population is expected to exceed 8 billion next month, according to July projections from the United Nations. And more than half of all people live in just seven countries in the world. Another interesting statistic is that according to the United Nations hunger report, there's more than enough food. There's more than enough food, plenty produced to feed the globe, but as many as 828 million people still go hungry. It's it's devastating. It breaks my heart. And after this number has been steadily declining for a decade, world hunger is back on the rise and it affects nearly 10% of people globally. 10% doesn't sound a lot, but when you think of that big of a number, that's still a lot of people. From 2019 to 2022, the number of undernourished people grew by as many as 150 million. Mainly, this is driven by conflict, climate change, and the pandemic. Last interesting fact I want to share with you is that the United Nations estimates food waste costs $2.6 trillion a year, and U.S. food retail waste is $18 billion, so just in the U.S. alone. So what are food additives? Let's start there. Food additives are literally what it sounds like, which is anything, anything that is added to food, added from the natural state of what it is. The FDA has a database that has nearly 4,000 ingredients that are considered, you know, air quotes, or not air quotes, real quotes, you know what I mean, that are called substances added to food. So why do we have food additives? What's the point? And one thing that I found was so interesting from this museum was that the history of our food is almost as old as the history of its monitoring, meaning food additives have been around not just for years, but centuries to improve, to preserve the taste, texture, nutrition, and the appearance of food. They're used today to prevent foodborne illness enable the transportation of food to areas that otherwise wouldn't be possible, and for products to consistently meet quality standards from batch to batch. Some examples that you may or may not heard about are pH control agents. So these have a variety of names, but these are added to maintain or control the acidity or the alkalinity of foods. It may be added to alter the texture, the taste, or even the safety of foods. When we think back to, you know, centuries ago, food production was very different. You know, we had people and farmers who literally had to live off the land and they didn't have access to refrigerators and electricity. And so they had to find ways to preserve food for longer periods of time through different seasons. Citric acid, acetic acid, sodium citrate, those are other widely used agents that are often found in Things like gelatins, jams, ice cream, candies, and even lactic acid, which you probably heard about, is an acidity regulator used in cheese making. And an adipic, I can't even say that right, adipic, adipic, again, there's so many additives that maybe you turn over an ingredient label and you get scared because there's so many words that you can't read, but we're going to talk more about why you don't need to be scared of that. But that's something that can also be found in bottled, you know, fruit flavored drinks or things that are have different enhancements or flavors. Here's a fun one. Have you ever heard of a honey nut squash? If you follow me on Instagram, which I think you should, I've posted about this, but it's basically a mini butternut squash. And this is an example of plant breeding. Now this isn't 
food additives, but it kind of goes along the same lines of food technology, you know, GMOs, but it's a type of plant breeding, which has been done for a variety of reasons with the same goal of oftentimes food additives to reduce food insecurity, to lower pesticide use, to improve nutrition, support sustainability, and really enhance flavor and taste. And when you think about that, if foods taste better, there's going to be more consumption of them and less waste. People are going to be more likely to eat and consume fruits and vegetables if they taste better in their natural state. Even emulsifiers, maybe you've heard of that term. Maybe you use mayo or other dressings, you know, salad dressings. These are added to oil and water-based mixtures to help keep them blended together on the shelf. Some examples of emulsions in your everyday foods might be those vinaigrette dressings, your milk, your mayonnaise, lecithin, which is a compound found in the egg yolk and soybean. Those are commonly used as emulsifiers in the food supply. Others include diacetyl, tartaric acid, ester of monoglycerides. Again, another name you might see on a salad dressing, but it's nothing to be afraid about. Sodium sterolactylate. Just because you can't describe it doesn't mean it's necessarily harmful for you. These are often found in bread doughs, whipped cream, dried, liquid, frozen egg whites. So my point, what I want you to take away from today's episode is that there's so much information out there. When it comes to food additives and you know organic or non-organic, there's no conclusive evidence that eating organic is going to make you healthier. Okay. That is a fact. Always check your resources. If there is information out there or you're consuming something on the internet and it's telling you that this substance is you know, bad for you and this is why, if you're curious, that's great. That is completely normal and actually encouraged for you to be curious. Don't just take one thing you read as evidence. You're smart. Use the Google, right? Google is like a beautiful thing. Let's use it. Do some research and come to your own conclusion to decide what you want to do with it. Is this an item that you want to try to avoid? Because there's a difference between aiming to reduce versus avoiding it completely. And it's almost like gentle nutrition, which we've talked about on the show a lot. It's you get to decide, you get to empower yourself about what you eat or don't eat and why behind it, because it's you, it's you and not external factors being the driver and creating those rules to make you scared. Diet culture has existed for centuries, and it's going to continue to try to profit off of your fears. So we can have awareness without fear. We can have progress towards our health, towards a healthy eating pattern without perfection. We can have health without obsession. And remember, health is multifaceted. You're not going to end world hunger by making yourself uncomfortably full Cutting out, you know, eating only things that you can read is not going to be the deciding factor if you live to be 100. So as always, let's keep the bigger picture in mind. And remember, this is just one step on your non-diet journey. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love if you could share it with a friend. Just swipe up on the app that you're listening to, whether it's Apple or Spotify, and there's actually a share button and you can send it right to that person. Now, what's really neat if you're an iPhone user if you send it through the Apple podcasting app, if you send send it or share it through a text, it actually automatically shows up 
in that person's podcasting app as well, which is just a fun little fact. So there you go. Thanks for listening to this episode of Fit Friends Happy Hour. If you liked this episode, don't forget to share it with a friend. You can subscribe or follow wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Fit Friends Happy Hour. Talk to you next time.